Hey there, online family. Thanks so much for tuning into the Refuge Official Podcast today. We believe that the message you're about to hear is a powerful one. We believe that the Lord is ready and willing to do a great work. And we believe that through this message, you'll hear from Him today. So please enjoy. And are you ready for the word? Because we're going to get into this, this message. It's entitled Christmas, The Gift is Waiting. The Gift is Waiting. Now, the word Christmas, I think... Sometimes people can, you know, question, what is this thing Christmas all about? Well, the definition or the meaning of Christmas is is simply Christ celebration. We're celebrating Christ. We're celebrating Jesus. And I believe that uh, for me, something happened when I became a Christian. Christmas took on a greater significance, but then it took on a lesser significance. And the greater significance is that Jesus became more real to me, and it wasn't a once-a-year event. It was year-round. And, and so that I celebrate Christ in my life every single day, and so should you. Amen? And so it took on a lesser significance because it wasn't focused on just one day. It's focused on our life every day. This is it's not a once-a-week thing. But it's an everyday thing in our journey with God. So, so the key scripture we want to share with you is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15. And if you want to turn there, you can look at that with me. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 15. It says, Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Wow. Now, what, what is it? inexpressible gift. Well, simply stated, his gift leaves us speechless when we begin to grasp and comprehend what a gift is and all about. Giving time of you, that giving becomes a focus. And there's a gift waiting. Yet I believe giving is often very misunderstood. People misunderstood what giving really is. Because giving is to be centered on God's inexpressible gift. Giving is not a duty. It's an attribute of a generous heart. It really is. To live generously is a result of an encounter with Jesus Christ. It's an encounter with the greatest giver in the universe. Okay? See, we are not to allow giving to get to be our motivation for giving. And there's a lot of people that do that. You know, you give a gift to somebody, and then you expect a gift in return from that person. And I talked to somebody recently, and they said, well, I don't give gifts to them anymore. And and you ask them why, because they don't give gifts back to me. Oh, is that why you give gifts, to get something back? No, it, it shouldn't be your motivation in giving. And, and we need to talk about that. Motivation is, is significant when it comes to giving. Why do you give? You give it out of obligation, out of duty. And, and even if it is in that realm, you need to shift it in your mentality and thinking. I don't want that to be the motive of why I give gifts. And, and what you give, you know, uh, sometimes you hear the thing that it's the thought that counts. Uh, you might as well keep that gift. You know, <laughs> because, uh, you know, you weren't thinking a whole lot about it. So 
Uh, the thought doesn't always count like you want it to, okay? But um, it's important to understand that the principle of giving is that God will give back to you. Well, that's not the motive of why we give. But yet God will give back to us. We see it in Luke 6.38. Let's look at this passage. Luke 6.38 says, Give, one word, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. In other words, you receive in proportion to what you give. But notice the scripture is clear. Give, and it shall be given to you. That is a principle that God established. In fact, a Christmas is a time to celebrate the greatest gift and the greatest giver. It really is. Jesus is and always will be the reason for the celebration of this season. It's not Easter Bunny. Where did that come from? It's not Santa Claus. It's not reindeer. It's not elves. It's not Christmas trees. It's not presents. But it's Jesus. And he is the greatest gift to humanity of all time that we can celebrate for all of eternity, okay? So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the ministry of your word today. And Father, there's a gift waiting that must be received in this world. To a world that's hurt, that's destitute, that's lost, the gift is waiting. Waiting to be received, waiting to be embraced. Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit today to allow me to minister truth in a way that can impact lives. In Jesus' name, we give you praise. Amen. Now, we talk about the gift is waiting, and waiting is often perceived as inactivity. How many of you like to wait for something? No, most of us don't like to wait. Uh, waiting is not just inactivity, it's serving to a waiter in a restaurant or a waitress in a restaurant uh, because you're waiting on somebody. You're serving someone, okay? So waiting has more connotations than just hanging on, holding out until something happens, okay? Uh, waiting is to remain in place in readiness and expectation of something. Now, at a restaurant, a host might say to you, please wait here. And I'll seat you shortly. In fact, there's a wait time of about 20 minutes. Now, the last time uh, Deb and I were in Arizona, uh, they actually took your phone number and they said, okay, we put you on a list. We'll text you when your table is ready. You're free to move about the cabin or move about the area. So, so we went outside, we walked around, we sat on uh, some tables outside, and all of a sudden... Uh, my phone vibrates, and I look, and, and I have a text from the restaurant, your table is wet, ready. And, and we waited about 15, 20 minutes. Um, how many of you like to wait? Then the question is, is it worth the wait? You know, you might go up and they say, oh, there's, uh, it'll be 25 minutes before there's a table open. Uh, you pack up your family, you go somewhere else, because you don't want to wait. It's not worth the wait, unless it's Texas Roadhouse. Okay. <laughs> Right. Then it's worth the wait. Uh, 
some things are worth waiting for if they have value to you. See, anything of value is worth waiting for, right? With anticipation, with expectation. See, value is associated with something uh, or whether something is worth the wait. Value is associated with it. A number of years ago, actually, my son, older son Daniel, when he was a senior in high school, at that time, Buffalo Wild Wings was ready to have their grand opening. And this was exciting, at least for my son and Andy, my son-in-law. And so they had a scheme because they said the first hundred customers will receive a year's worth of free wings. Hey, that's worth the wait, at least to my son Daniel. So he got permission from mom and dad, is it okay if I camp out overnight at Buffalo Wild Wings? And I said, make sure you're dressed warm, make, you know, because the time of year. And uh, so we gave him permission to do that. His friend Jason, um, you know, joined him in getting in that line and being one of the first 100 people when the morning came and the doors opened for the grand opening. And uh, actually, Andy, our son-in-law, he cut in line because Daniel and Jason saved him a place so he didn't have to spend the night. He didn't have to pay the price. But guess what? They were among the first hundred people that were in Buffalo Wild Wings for their grand opening. So they got a year's worth of free wings. Can you imagine? Wouldn't that be a great gift? Except <laughs> it was a coupon book. And there was a coupon for every week of the year. So 52 coupons for six wings. Not exactly. I mean, they thought, free wings. I can go there three times a day. I can go there for every meal, and I can get free wings. That's what they were expecting. So it was a disappointment. Now, Andy, you didn't wait that time, that whole time. But was it worth the wait? He's smiling. He's, he's shrugging his shoulders. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. See, most... When we think about waiting, most Christmas gifts are purchased in advance, but we wait for the appropriate time to give and receive them. There's an anticipation for those who give and receive gifts, okay? The waiting to open gifts for a child is very difficult, and I, I can attest to this. You know, in, in fact, it's painfully difficult, especially when these presents are nicely wrapped under the tree and your name is on this little label and you're wondering what's inside for kids. You know, and our parents, what they decided to do, we're not going to put the presents under the tree until Christmas because we don't want to put that temptation before you. So my mom would hide the gifts away in a closet somewhere or at a place that she thought we would never find. And then on Christmas Eve, uh, Dad would distract us in another room. Uh, he, one time he took us in the, uh, down in the basement. Or actually, my mom took us down in the basement, and we were praying. We had to pray. And we knew well, it was Christmas, and all of a sudden we heard some pounding upstairs on, on the floor. 
And my dad was putting the Christmas gifts under the tree. And then my dad comes down and says, come on up, there's gifts under the tree. So we ran up there. And um, Although a couple years we found the gifts in a hiding place. And then um, that was the year I realized uh, where the gifts really came from, okay? Um, anyway, uh, I recently received an email. I don't know if you get inundated with all kinds of emails, and it was from Home Depot. And it's, it had these big, bold letters and said, It's approved. Your complimentary gift card is waiting. And it was like a $90 gift card. $90? Why not round it to 100 So then I clicked on this thing, and then there's this whole survey and thing. And I, I went off of there. I said, no, this is too much work. Um, my gift card can keep waiting at Home Depot, okay? So maybe I'll receive one from one of you out there. Who knows? Anyway. <laughs> so one word within Christian tradition is the word called Advent, which is simply waiting for the coming Messiah, Jesus. Today, it's simply is counting down until the days where we celebrate the birth of Christ uh, or the celebration of Jesus' birthday. Now, there's all kinds of debate whether the right, this is the time of year he was born. And most theologians, as you really dig into the word, would say that Jesus was probably born in the springtime. You know, not necessarily this time. But the fact is, it doesn't matter that, you know, it's a particular time of the year. The fact is, and what's important is that we celebrate the birth of Jesus. And if, uh, I know there's times some of you uh, have celebrated your birthday on a different day than what it actually was. How many of you have? Okay. Yeah, I know. Well, we can't get there on your birthday, so how about week after? Yeah, let's celebrate then. Fine. That's not a problem, okay? Anyway, uh, so Advent is a time of expectation. We prepare our hearts to celebrate Messiah's birth. We also eagerly await and look forward to the day he returns. And that's called the second advent, when he returns to this earth. In Titus 2.13, it says, Waiting for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our, our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. There's an anticipation, there's an expectation for his return. I tell you, the only one that can really clean up the mess in this world is Jesus. And when he comes, he's going to be pretty serious about taking care of things. But are we prepared? Are we ready? Or are you saying, oh, Lord, don't come yet? No, uh, we have to have the heart. Lord, we welcome your return to this earth. We desperately need him uh, to return. But my concern is to reach those that don't know him, to share the gospel. We have a mission and an obligation to share the love of Jesus with those that don't know him, to reach our neighbors, our neighborhoods, to reach our communities with the gospel of Jesus Christ before he comes, okay? So, now, so Advent is simply a hope or an expectation of Jesus' coming. Advent was meant to prepare for Jesus' coming. It's a time of repentance. It's a time of turning from sin to him, from turning from evil to righteousness, to change your life with a seriousness with, and not just embrace religious ideas and religious actions. There's three points I want to give you in this message this morning. Um, the first point is receive God's gift. Receive God's gift. And God's gift 
comes in a, an amazing passage. It's not only a gift, but it's the gift given himself. The gift received is Jesus. Jesus is the greatest gift. He gave himself. In Galatians chapter 1, verses 3 through 5, the word tells us, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice verse 4. Who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. See, he came to deliver us from this present evil age, to break the strongholds of darkness, to expose the lies of the enemy. We have an adversary, the devil, who's seeking to devour us. And we have authority over him. But Jesus came to grant us that authority, to give us victory, and to destroy the works of the devil. In Romans 6, 23, the scripture says, The wages of sin is death, but notice, the free gift of God is eternal life. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. A free gift, and it's, it's emphasized as a free gift because a free gift is something you don't work for, something you have not earned, or something you don't even deserve. It's Free. It costs nothing, but yet it cost everything to Jesus because he gave his life so that we could have eternal life. Okay? And so it's not free in the standpoint of, of not costing somebody something because it cost Jesus everything. Okay? He gave his all for us. So are we willing to give our all for him? The gift is waiting. It's simply a matter of receiving. A gift must be received. So I, I challenge you to receive the gift of eternal life. Many of you have. But those listening and tuned in online, if you have not received the gift of eternal life, I encourage you to receive this gift. It belongs to you. You know, did you know you can't force somebody to receive a gift? You have to receive it. I can have the nicest gift for you. And I, Harold sitting on the front row here, I'll say, Harold, here's a gift for you. No, Pastor, you don't have to do that. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to receive your gift. What would that do to me? I would feel slighted. I'm thinking, what? But I got this for you, Hill. This is your gift. I like his name. Hug the Hill, the angels sing. It's, it's, his name is real relevant this time of year, right? Okay. Okay. I love you, Hill. Amen. Okay, another scripture, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. Okay, you're saved not because of what you've done. You think you've done something to get saved? You're full. You can't do anything to get saved other than receive this gift. Notice it goes on to say, and Verse 9, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. So by grace, you have been saved through faith. It's a gift. Now, Romans 5.17, I love this verse too, because it talks about the gift of righteousness. Righteousness is the power and the ability 
to live right. When you really break it down. In Romans 5, 17 says, For if, because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, that's referring to Adam. Adam's sin in the garden passed on to every one of us, affected every one of us. All of us were bound and tainted with this thing called sin. It was, it's a plague that infected all of us, every human being on this planet. Notice it goes on to say, death reigned through that one man. Much more will those, notice, who receive the abundance of grace. God's grace is his unmerited favor. God's grace is his enabling power. God's grace is a manifestation of his mercy and love and compassion. Okay? It says those who have received the abundance of grace. And notice it says, and the free gift of righteousness Reign in life through the man, Jesus Christ. Through the one man, Jesus Christ. So through the one man, Jesus Christ, we are capable of reigning in life. And that word reign is typified as a king ruling a nation. And see, we can rule in this life through the gift of righteousness. His right order, his righteousness in our life, his right way of living. It's a gift. A gift you must receive and acknowledge. I thank you, Father, that I've received the gift of righteousness. And through this gift, I can reign in life. I can reign over fear. I can reign over doubt. I can reign over lack. I can reign over the attack of the enemy in my life because I have become the righteousness of God in Christ. Amen. So point number two, give your life to him. See, you need to give your life to him as a gift. God is waiting on you. Give your life to him. Give your life to him. Uh, Romans 12 verses 1 and 2 tells us what we do with these physical bodies and with our minds. And we, we talk about giving our heart to Jesus. But there's something else that takes place in that effort. In Romans 12, 1, it says, I appeal to you, brethren, you therefore brothers, by the mercies of God. So this is Paul's appeal to, to the Romans. And he said, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Wow. Holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. We'll stop there for a moment before we read verse 2. You're to, you are to present your bodies to God. This body is not Matt Malik's. This body belongs to Jesus Christ. He purchased this body for a price. I'm redeemed, but I must present my body in service to him. To yield myself, to give myself to him. Not just on Sunday mornings, but every breathing moment of my day. It goes on in verse 2. It says, do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. We could spend a whole lot of time with this passage, but what we need to see is that these minds must be renewed to the truth of the Bible. And that renewal will cause a transformation of how we think because people are messed up in life because they're messed up in the way they think. 
their thinking is wrong. Their perspective is wrong because their minds have not been renewed to the Word of God. That's why you need to be in the Bible every day. You need to be reading and studying the Scriptures because in the Scriptures you begin to think like and perceive correctly because God's Word will give you a whole different perspective and outlook on life. Amen? Point number three, for me to live is Christ. Now, I tell you, uh, this past week, I, I don't know exactly what I was doing, but I wasn't in prayer. I was doing something. I think I was just walking, and this word came to me, the scripture, and you can turn to the scripture, Philippians chapter 1, verse 19 and 20. And that's, that phrase came to me, for you to live is Christ. Thinking, okay, what does that mean? For me to live is Christ? What does that look like? What is that all about? See, this is really the meaning of life. For me to live is Christ is a result of receiving God's gift in giving or surrendering our lives to him. Philippians 1, let's look at it. The Apostle Paul is writing. It's interesting because he's at a point in his life where he's talking to himself. And he's deciding, okay, I've, 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 I've you know, lived my life. Um, I'm at a point now I could go home and be with Jesus. Or I could remain here and be with you. And, and he's, he's speaking you know, to the Philippians in, in this letter. And so he's kind of having this talk to himself. But this is the anointed word of God. Let's read what he says. Starting in verse 19, Philippians 1.19. For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Holy Spirit, or through the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. Verse 20. As it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. In other words, if I live or if I die, God's going to be honored in my life. And, and we've, we've seen loved ones go home to be with the Lord this year. And we can be honored by living or honored in our death as we go home to be with Jesus if we know him as, as our Lord and Savior. But notice verse 21. This is his declaration. For me to live is Christ. And to die is to gain. In other words, that's promotion time. Death is promotion for the believer. Okay? But for me to live is Christ. That's now. For me to live is Christ. Let that kind of sink in. Even begin. Why don't you just speak that to yourself? For me to live is Christ. What does that look like? Christ, meaning the anointed one, the Savior of the world, the one who died for us. So the wait is over. The answer for a lost generation is right in front of us because I believe that God is raising up a Jesus generation, a generation who does not just love him, but a generation that lives like him. That's why we're calling every believer 
into the message and actions of Jesus. See, I believe it's the, the Holy Spirit working in you and working through you. His work, I believe, is to sanctify us. That is to set us apart by which we're molded into his image. We're changed. We're, we're conformed to the image of Christ. We see that in Romans chapter 8, verse 29, that we're conformed into the image of Christ. So the change that takes place in us is to allow Jesus to work through us because we take on his nature. We take on his life. First John 4, 17, a couple other scriptures here I need to share with you. By this... 1 John 4, 17, by this is love perfected with us. See, God wants to perfect love in your life, his love, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Notice, because as he is, so also are we in this world. As he is presently, so are we in this world. Did you know that you represent Jesus? Did you know that you are his ambassador? You are his representation on this earth. He wants to live through you to reach out to a lost and a dying world. Colossians chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. So this message was kept secret for centuries and generations past. But now it has been revealed to God's people. For God wanted them to know that the riches and the glory of Christ are for you Gentiles. Gentiles would refer to non-Jews. And uh, many of us are non-Jews, but we were engrafted and included into the family of God, okay? Now notice this, and this is the secret. Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. So realize that this is the mystery revealed. Christ in you, the hope of glory. His glory revealed in us. Well, I, I don't know if we're getting this, if we're really getting hold of this. But for me to live as Christ, for you to live as Christ. Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God who works in you. Are you letting him work in you? Both to will and to work for his good pleasure. He's got a work to do in you so he can do a work through you, okay? So just say, God... Do whatever you need to do in my life. Work a work in me so you can do a work through me. That's ultimately what God wants to do. So what are you waiting for? The points we covered, just to break it down in a little recap, is receive, give, and live. Receive the gift of eternal life. Give your life to him fully and live for him. Live for him. What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you about this message this morning? At this time, we want to uh, begin to look at uh, presenting an opportunity for you to receive this gift that's waiting for you. Now, you may have received it. I happened to receive it at the age of 17. My older brother, Mike, shared the gospel with me. He shared the word with me and prayed with me late one night, to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. In Acts chapter 10, verse 43, it says, To him, referring to Jesus, all the prophets bear witness 
that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. So there's a gift of forgiveness of sins through his name. In Romans chapter 3, 24, the scripture says that we are justified by his grace as a gift to the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Wow. We're justified by his grace as a gift. Matthew 16, 24. Jesus told his disciples what it costs us as those that would believe in him. Matthew 16, 24. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone should come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Self-denial. Taking up your cross and following him. Easier said than done. But that's required to be a disciple of Jesus. Now, take up your cross and follow Jesus. The cross that you bear is identification with Christ. When you come to Christ, there's a price you must pay in that sense because you're identifying with him. The price is being misunderstood by your family and friends because now you are all of a sudden a Christian. And maybe you're just going through something in your life that now all of a sudden you've, you've taken on this Christianity thing. But realize that Jesus said you must take up your cross and identify with him. Identify with him because for you to live is Christ now. Are you representing him as you should? I want you this morning just to bow your heads and close your eyes. Nobody looking around and I want you to just consider uh, this opportunity that I'm about to present before you. Maybe you're here and you say, I, I'm not a follower of Jesus Christ. And being honest about that is important. Maybe you would even consider yourself an unbeliever. Or maybe a believer who is compromised. Maybe a believer who has drifted and backslidden and fallen away. It doesn't matter where you are at right now. The invitation is for you to receive the gift of Jesus. Forgiveness of sins, a new life, a fresh start. But that means that you have to surrender your will to his. That means that you must determine to you must be determined to repent, which means to turn 180 degrees from how you have been living, where you have been walking, turning away from the devil, from the world, and now turning to Christ. So it's turning you back 
and the world and turning towards Him, Jesus. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I know my life is not right with God. Would you pray for me? I want you to lift your hand because this is a time where you can get things right. This is a time that you can receive what only God can give and provide for you. Is there anyone that would say, I'm, I'm not certain, certain that if I were to die today, whether I'd go to heaven or hell. If you want to know and want to receive eternal life, forgiveness of sins, slip up your hand right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. I see those hands. We're going to pray this prayer this morning. I want you to pray this after me right at your seat. And if you're already a believer, you can pray this prayer. And it's not a prayer necessarily that saves you, but a prayer that can initiate your heart to turn from sin, to turn away from sin and to turn to Jesus Christ, to turn to his Lordship and to receive him. So repeat after me, Heavenly Father. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Help me today to surrender to you. Break my heart for what breaks yours. I open my heart to you. And I believe that you died on the cross for me. I believe that you rose from the dead to give me life. You are the gift that God sent into this world. And I receive that gift right now. The gift of salvation. The gift of forgiveness. And I give myself to you. In this moment, I surrender. Talk to him in your own words. Some of you have issues in your life that, that you've been plagued with, addictions, bondages, strongholds. Begin to talk to God. Begin to cry out. Say, Jesus, set me free from this sin. Set me free from this past. Set me free from this anger. Set me free from this unforgiveness. Set me free from this lust. Set me free from this anxiety. Set me free from this fear. Jesus. Heavenly Father, I pray that you move upon this congregation and those that are tuned in online, that by your Spirit you would move in their hearts to bring forth change. Father, to release eternal life. Father, for those that are not born again, to be born anew, to be born again, to be made alive unto God. In Jesus' name, we give you praise. Amen. At the end of the service, we're going to invite people up for prayer. And for those of you that raised your hand, the prayer team will be up here for you. I just wanted to take a, a couple moments and, and talk about the year and gift. And, and we're talking about giving. And God created you and has given you the capacity to give and be a giver. 
because it's a part of our new nature that we have in Christ. Now, as Michaela shared earlier, every December, Refuge is presented with an opportunity to express generosity for a year-end gift as we prepare a gift designated for the new year. And so one of the things we're going to do with with what comes in in this year and gift is to take a portion and and uh, give it to compassion and action. And I believe if, if you are able and willing and would want to be part of the team, I think they're sending a team out this week. Uh, you can be part of that team and, and, and you can be in touch with that organization. But we want to send them with something even this week. But part of our year and gift will be designated towards compassion and action so that we can meet real needs right now uh, of hurting people in our nation. And um, last year's gift was focused on people, projects, and property. And uh, this year we will continue to make that a focus. But we believe that God is going to do greater things in 2022. Uh, We are at a place in the ministry with the school and the child care where we're looking at expansion the building of a a facility that um, a gymnasium that will be for the community serving this congregation and and the ministry needs around here Um, we're looking at expansion at different levels that outdoor space that's still something we're looking at but there's a number of projects investing in missions and missionaries and worthy organizations and then in, in people's lives that are just in need helping to pay somebody's rent if they're in a situation where they don't know what to do or or help people out in very practical and meaningful ways. The year-end gift is above and beyond your regular giving for you to to, uh, sow a seed into the next year. And I believe God will honor that as a church, as individuals. Uh, Second Corinthians, I want to share this in uh, closing here. 2 Corinthians 9.5 says, So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to go ahead to you and arrange in advance for the gift you have promised so that it may be ready as a willing gift, not as an exaction. In other words, it's a willing gift. We're not forcing, twisting arms. This is something that you do out of a heart of generosity because you want to see God's kingdom advance See, what you have received is not just for you, it's for others. Everything that I own is really to be shared and used to bless others. God spoke to Abraham. He said, I will bless you and make you a blessing. The blessings you have in your life are for the purpose of blessing others. And so that's what we want to do. In verse 6, it goes on to say, the point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So we reap in proportion to what we sow. But we want to just uh, encourage you, if you um, um, would want to make a pledge, uh, you can even write it on uh, an offering, offering envelope, which is in your seat pocket in front of you. Or as Michaela instructed earlier, you can go online and designate it for the year and gift in our online giving format. And you can even do it as a reoccurring thing if you want to spread it out over time. But however you want to do it, it's between you and God. And God will be glorified. Amen.
let's pray and then the worship team is going to lead us in some worship and the prayer team is going to come up. So let's stand up together. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you today for the ministry of your word. Father, I pray that truth has found a resting place in the hearts of your people. Father, our desire is to receive everything that you made available for us in respect to the gift giver, you. Father, we receive you as the greatest gift. Words that cannot even express how valuable and meaningful you are to us. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you for greater revelation, Lord, for this congregation. Father, we thank you for this year and gift. We pray that it will be used to further your purpose in reaching lives, in reaching out, in meeting needs, in being an extension of your love, Father, from us towards others. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship the Lord at this time. Thank you so much for tuning into the Refuge Official Podcast today. We hope that this message spoke to you in a very meaningful way and that you were able to connect with the Lord. And hey, if you made a decision to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior today, we are first and foremost just so happy for you and we would love to get connected with you. So if you want to find some more of our content and find out how to get connected with us, feel free to check out our website at wearerefuge.net. Be blessed and have an amazing rest of your day.